I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Scottish Sun Sports Football Podcast. Uh, I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, Kenny McDonald, and also Stephen Orr from William Hill. England, Scotland, Friday night, Wembley. Critical World Cup qualifier in your long and colourful career, Kenny. What memories come back for you of England, Scotland? You know, previous games with the, the old enemy. A lot of good yeah. memories, a lot of special memories. A lot of uh, um, more more unhappy memories than good memories. <laughs> I go back to nineteen. My first was nineteen seventy nine. England three, Scotland one. John Wark actually put Scotland ahead, but the, the afternoon. Took a bit of a nosedive after that. <laughs> Kevin Keegan, I think, scored twice with a bit of help from George Wood in the Scotland goal, if my memory serves. But it was a fabulous experience. I was a relatively young man at the time and might even have been my first ever trip to London. And it was it was a fantastic experience to be part of the Tartan Army's travelling band. I've since been back in a work capacity to see win, wins and losses. It's, all, it's always an incredible experience. I trust you were sober that particular day, Kenny. Oh, actually, I was sober because I was in the company of people who wouldn't allow me to be anything else but sober. But, uh, <laughs> so I was one of the very few who was sober that day. Uh, indeed, I was. Did you dip your toe in the uh, the fountain at Trafalgar Square at any <coughs> no, point? No, we, we actually never got near Trafalgar Square, but I remember having a, a pleasant evening both the night before in Milton Keynes <laughs> and in, uh, and in London on the Saturday night. But, uh, you know, no, they're fabulous occasions and, and I, they're a rite of passage almost. For, for Scottish people. I think most people have done it in some shape or form and it's a fantastic experience and for the people who are going down for Friday's game it'll be the very same. From a, a professional point of view is it a game you know when you're reflecting your career and the, the, the many big games you've done is this a, in the category of game that you're proud to have been involved it's in? What, it's, one of, it's one of the very few instances where the media behaves like supporters I mean we were once condescendingly referred to by an English journalist as supporters with typewriters <laughs> In the days when typewriters, there's one for the teenagers. Uh, but you know, it was when Don Hutchison scored at Wembley in 1999. Journalists covering the game jumped up, which was very, very unusual, um, and certainly had not been the case with the English counterparts the pre- previous weekend when Paul Scholes scored twice at Hamden. So th- there is always that element about it that brings out the fan in you, no matter how hard you try to keep it hidden and keep a professional front you know it brings out the uh, tartan savage in us I'm afraid <laughs> and I'm sure if there's a goal on Friday night then that savagery will come to the surface once more Stephen from William Hill before I seek a bit more analysis from Kenny could I could I ask you to provide us the odds on a Scotland win and possible first goal scorer if, if, yep. if you're able to uh, well, we've priced it up for Scotland when it's 17 to 2, which is, I suppose, 8.5 to 1, which is probably a bit right in terms of where I would, I would, I would see it. Obviously, with the, the forum of both teams is, you know, isn't great, but obviously Scotland only winning one in the last nine versus England and the game being at Wembley. 
So seventeen to two, and we've got England odds on four to eleven and seven to two the draw. In terms of the first goal scorers, well, I suppose that's the first kind of debate that we're having in it. Who's going to start up front for, for Scotland? So if you were looking at that, we've got Griffiths ten to one, Fletcher, who I believe is a is a doubt now, eleven to one, and Chris Martin at twelve to one, and we've got Snodgrass twelve to one. Buck 16, Naismith 16 and on the other side there you've got Harry Kane at 3-1 to favourite if you consider he's 3-1 to for the first goal and Griffiths is our first our favourite at 10-1 to you can kind of see why we've came to the How many, how many England players are there on the list before Griffiths name appears? Um, about 12 <laughs> <laughs> That's why I feared you might <laughs> I, I mean there are many of which I am one who fear a drubbing for Scotland on Friday night. What are the odds for England to win by four or more? We've priced that up. And the way it's the way it's stated in the book would be England minus four goals, um, and we've priced that up at eighteen to one. You've obviously got England minus a goal at even money. England minus two at eleven to four. But if you want to be really pessimistic, then uh, minus four is at eighteen to one, Derek. And Scotland winning scorelines, Stephen, please. Well, obviously the most, you know. Tart Armageddon down there, the most popular one will be probably be the 1 0. So we've priced that up at 16 to 1. Or we've got 2 0 at 50s, 2 1 at 25 to 1. Or for the really positive people amongst us, 3 0 at 125 to 1. My word. <laughs> Can you imagine anyone putting any money on that? Well, really? Know, there under- are people out there dumb enough that will. We'll yeah, the that. underdog, isn't it? As we're, we're, well, about. well, I mean, Kenny, regardless, regardless of the, the outcome, can you possibly imagine Scotland keeping a, a clean sheet here? No, I, I can't. However, I'm not as pessimistic as you are, mercifully. Thankfully. I don't think Scotland will lose the game because I don't think England are a very good team. But I, I totally agree with you. I don't see Scotland keeping a clean sheet because defensively we're poor. I saw us losing 3-0 to a very ordinary Slovakia team last month. So, yeah, I, I fear that we'll lose goals but I also think we'll score. You may I mean in 1999 when we went down to to Wembley under Craig Brown, having lost two 0 on the Saturday, nobody gave us a chance, and the one one 0 David Seaman made a terrific reaction save from Christian Daly, or we would have gone into extra time. This stuff about underdogs, Scotland performing at their best, the year of the underdog, Leicester, Donald Trump. Let's add Gordon Strachan's name to the list. Mm. I, I, I think the game will be a draw. And because of that, do you also think that uh, Gordon Strachan will carry on as manager? No, I think win, lose or draw, Gordon Strachan will be finished. Really? I, I think he will go after this weekend. I, I just got the impression in the course of this qualifying campaign that he feels as though he's done his time. If he loses, he will certainly go. I think if he wins, he will say, right, the next guy's got five months before we play Slovenia at home in March to mould the squad the way he wants to so I, I expect him to go whatever happens That's interesting because Michael Stewart the Sun Sport columnist he stated in the paper on Monday that even if Scotland won he wouldn't be surprised if Gordon still went you know what all the best yeah. this is the best way to send off Absolutely. to sign off Yeah and what a way it would be mm. what a way to, to, to have the, the final match of your international manager CV winning for Scotland at Wembley Possibly the last match of uh, your managerial career period, some way to go. Do you think he should go? 
you know, just try to look at it objectively, <coughs> you know, irrespective of Friday night? I, th- I think he should have gone after Gibraltar when we won 6 0 in Faro. I think that was the time for him to go. We'd gone into that qualifying campaign, fourth seeds, we finished at fourth, so there was no improvement. I think that was the time to say, right, give somebody else a shot. Stephen, are there William Hill odds on Gordon Strachan staying after Friday? No, we've not, well, the, the price that we've got is just um, England to be Strachan's last game, as Kenny said there. Um, we've priced that up at 11 to 2. Uh-huh. So, the likes of yourself, Kenny, that's, you know, you're saying one loser draw. Let me at it. 11 to 2, <laughs> so, you know. It's, it's Hang like, on to your hats. Um, <laughs> I think when people listen to this, that price will get slashed. Take your advice, Kenny, especially after your job. Don't, please don't. <laughs> uh, are you likely to throw your wages at any of these odds after this podcast, Kenny? Um, I, I, I am tempted to have a, a small stipend on a draw. <laughs> I would go no further than that. Looking at the possible team selection, and, and Stephen was quoting a price for Lee Griffiths to score. Is Strachan going to be stubborn to the last? You know, I, I have a wee bit of sympathy for Gordon Strachan where Lee Griffiths is concerned because I can see what he's what he means where Lee Griffiths is concerned. Everybody wants Lee Griffiths in the team because he's a goal scorer, but you know, Strachan has a way of playing, and Lee Griffiths doesn't fit it. So, does he abandon his way of playing to accommodate the views of? everybody else in the mm. world you know he is the manager for a reason he's been trust has been put in him to pick the best team if he doesn't feel Lee Griffiths is the best way to go then I don't expect to see Lee Griffiths starting again there's probably in fairness to Gordon Strachan there's never a team selection that's going to be a hundred you know met by a hundred percent satisfaction he, he can't please everyone of course Griffiths in particular has been a has been a real source of debate Oliver Burke our great uh, young Hope left out completely from the game against Slovakia do you see him now reverting back to him again for a starting place at no, no I don't really simply because Strachan has this thing about players playing regularly and he hasn't been playing regularly for Red Bull Leipzig he's been coming on for 10-15 minutes making an impression doing well you know having just found his feet in the in the Bundesliga but he's not starting games so no, I would be I can understand people saying the wide open spaces will suit him. Get you know, get him running at defenders. You know, he has a talent, but no, I think he's another who might have to be content with a substitute appearance. That's the one thing you could say about striking. You know, whether you you, you say it from a an admiration point of view or a critical point of view, he's not influenced by public opinion or you know polls and who he should pick. He goes with who he thinks is the best player or the best team. Well, I think that's the thing that, uh, you know, experience brings that. He's 59 years old, as he was pointing out <laughs> earlier in the week. I think he has, he has earned the right to follow his own instincts because of the managerial career he's had now. It will please almost nobody, but, you know, I think he has earned the right to do it. Who of the England team would you particularly fear? Well, Sturridge is always the one that I, I fear. I mean, I know Kane, it looks as though Kane will play, but, you know, I, I just think Sturridge is has terrific qualities. The Scotland central defenders, who are almost certainly going to be Martin and Hanley, you know, they, they won't be playing against that quality of player in the championship. You know, he's a clever player, he can finish. He has a nasty streak in him as well. You know, I just I just he's he's the one that I would look to as the kind of the big worry, more so than Kane. Kane is a physical player, good finisher, but you know 
these guys come up against physical strikers every week. They don't come up against Sturridge every week. Yeah, and again, just to reiterate, you don't see Scotland losing. I don't see Scotland losing because you know I look at the England squad, you know, and it's you know three goals in three games in the group. Okay, they're top of the group, but I mean they've played Malta. They beat them two 0 Slovakia needed a goal in the fifth minute of injury time against ten men. Drew in Slovenia, who incidentally I think were the dark horses of the group because I've. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I saw them in, in Ljubljana against Slovakia and they were terrific. They looked to me like the best team in the group, bar none. But I just don't think England are, you know, even when there were a couple of call-offs, Aaron Cresswell and Jordan Pickford come in, you know, we're not talking Bobby Charlton. <laughs> you know, we're the best will in the world. I mean, these are not household names that are coming in, yes. and you're thinking you're, you know, you're fearing them. You know, I, I take this. I, I, you know, I realise the same can be said about our squad, but this is a moderate England squad. Keep bang up to date with Scottish football by following Sunsport on Twitter. Kenny, there's the the matter of Joey Barton at Rangers, and at last. It appears that Rangers are about to finally bid farewell to him. I take it it's no surprise to you that no sooner does he uh, does he be handed a training regime with the kids than he's he's offski. That wasn't a surprise, Derek. The whole thing has just developed into a horrific car crash on every level for Rangers, PR-wise, ability-wise, even because I was uh, as as my followers on Twitter never tire of reminding me. I, at the start of the season, predicted that Joey Barton would finish as Scotland's Player of the Year. He'd had a fantastic season last season in the Championship, helped his team to promotion, and I thought he would come up here and cruise it. From the very first time I saw him in the opening game of the season against Hamilton, where he played second best to Ali Crawford, I thought, well, maybe he's taking his time to find his feet. A couple of weeks later, I saw him spend the whole afternoon firmly in the pocket of Keith Lasley of Motherwell who was two weeks away from his 37th birthday and I thought maybe it's time to revisit my prediction <laughs> and uh, temper it somewhat I mean he's just and, and that's before we get to the old firm game where again he was second best and ended up playing centre half so I mean it, it's just been a terrible terrible signing for Rangers on every level and having got stuck with a player who was clearly causing issues behind the scenes wasn't doing enough on the park they had to somehow find a remedy to get rid of a guy they neither wanted nor certainly needed. So this has been coming for a lot the last few weeks. Are you surprised that they didn't actually put him in this, you know, training with the kids a lot earlier? Kind of understand Mark Warburton's thinking and that he's thinking, you know, this guy had a terrific season last season. He's a tried and true professional. 
okay, he comes with baggage, but surely by now he's maturing a bit. And I think he certainly gave him ample opportunity to prove that he could make a contribution to Rangers. But what happened after the Celtic game, leaving his performance in it aside, was clearly a line that had been crossed. And after that, there was no way back. And it was just the manner of the departure that was going to be the issue. Do you think, in fairness to Mark Warburton, that despite clearly the ill words between or, or from Barton to him post Old Firm defeat, that Warburton still gave Barton ample opportunity? Yeah, I do. Because, I, because I, I think he gave him the opportunity to apologise after he'd been initially suspended. And when that was either not forthcoming or not deemed to be sufficiently apologetic, he was left really with no alternative. He couldn't just kick him out, he couldn't tear up his contract, so he had to do the next thing under employment law, which was keep him employed, but get him away from the first team around which he clearly wasn't required to be. Of course, it's always easy to be clever in hindsight, and you've been honest enough to concede that uh, yourself, and to be fair, there was at least two other colleagues of yours that went for... Joey Barton as Player of the Year in our start of the season predictions. I think even those who didn't think he'd be Player of the Year thought he would at very least be a good signing. Yeah, we I thought th- he'd be a good player here. Yeah, I think everybody thought he would be a contributor to some extent. I mean, Rangers could not have in their wildest dreams imagined that it was going to be such a mess, you know, because he has contributed nothing on the park. He's been a source of continual ill will off it. And he's made what's worse from a Rangers supporter's point of view is he's made them a laughing stock. Because Celtic supporters are, you know, this stuff before the old firm game about how Scott Brown isn't in his league. But that, on the evidence of the old firm, that is certainly the case. Scott <laughs> Brown isn't in his league, but not in the way that Joey anticipated. Um, and be- believe me, I am not Scott Brown's number one fan. You know, there was no comparison between the two that day. So, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's been an embarrassment from Rangers and from Rangers fans' point of view. I was going to ask as well, Kenny, how damaging do you think this whole affair has been for Warburton and indeed his head of recruitment, Frank McParland, who the Rangers manager never tires lauding? Yeah, and, you know, a lot of the signings that have come in, not just Joey Barton, still have question marks over them. You know, when you think of guys like uh, Rossiter, who's barely played... And, you know, there are still a lot of question marks over, as you say, Frank McParland's recruitment strategy. He needs a bit more of a return. Josh Windass, I saw him at the weekend at Ross County and he played very well. It looks as though he could certainly bring something to the Rangers midfield. Certainly there's, there are still question marks over the recruitment and the players who have been recruited and where they have come from. The minute that Barton officially leaves Rangers, do you anticipate either the player or indeed Warburton finally talking about the whole affair? I would be surprised because I would think it's almost certain that as part of Joey Barton's lucrative payoff that there will be a gagging clause. I don't think he will be allowed to discuss it in public. However, we have seen in the past that he is no great respecter of reputations, legal definitions of keeping your mouth shut. It may be on his beloved Twitter, he may be inclined to say his piece whether or not that will happen in the foreseeable future, I don't know. I certainly would be surprised if Mark Warburton got into it. I think he'll just be happy to have got the player out of his hair. Like Sunsport on Facebook for all the Scottish football latest. Do you see, despite the, the, the very little that Barton produced in our top flight, Kenny, do you envisage that wherever he ends up and I think it looks as if he's probably just going to immediately return to England, do you think he will then actually be better 
at the next club he goes to, or do you think we have seen Barton? Do you think Barton's finished at a good well, level? Well, that, that's the kind of puzzling thing about it because he was playing so well last season in the English Championship. His team got promoted. He was, by all accounts, their best player. To have your form go off a cliff the way it did for Joey Barton this season is puzzling. Now, I think a lot of it stems from the fact that when Rangers went to South Carolina for pre-season training, hot weather training, worked up a good sweat, Joey Barton was nowhere to be seen because he'd been given extra time to go to the Euros in a pundit capacity. So I think when he came back and joined up with Rangers, he was already miles behind in terms of fitness. And that, when you're 34 years old, that fitness cannot be recovered over the course of a season. So... You know, we've heard about him going to the Middle East and, and training intensively, but he's barely done any training the last month or so he's been at Rangers because he's been uh, suspended. So whatever club he goes to are going to have to get him fit before he's going to be good enough to play for them. Now, whether or not he has the mental and physical capacity to do that is, not, is something only he can answer. To be fair to Barton, he was keeping himself fit by playing, you know, walking around any number of golf courses. Indeed, he walked up Ben Lomond with his dog. I mean, that's quite a physical exercise. I totally take your point, and I take my hat off him to him for, for, for that kind of thing, but it doesn't prepare you to play in the uh, to the centre of a midfield, either for a team in the Scottish Premiership or a team in the English Championship, you would imagine. We're joined, as I say, by Stephen from the Sunsport podcast uh, sponsor, William Hill. Stephen, it's good to see you. In terms of Barton's next destination, could you kindly please provide the odds and the likely clubs? Yeah, well, as I say, I think you were first to break the news last night, so straight away, uh, knowing I was coming on here today, um, I went to the traders. I allowed them to do a wee bit of their homework myself to see what they could find out. So we, we, we've priced it up. The favourite is, is a, a pretty obvious one, a return to Burnley. As you said, they performed really well there last year. So we've got 49 odds on it will return to Burnley again. And we've then got Aston Villa, 61, Derby, 81, QPR, 81, and the list goes down, and it's mostly, as you can see, championship clubs. We're kind of predicting that, if not Burnley, then probably a championship team. And obviously there's one that sticks out there at 20 to 1, um, if you fancy him to go to Celtic as his next destination. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh-huh. And loan deals count with this one as well. But basically his next... Considering the, way, considering the way form books have been interrupted worldwide over the last <laughs> 24, 48 hours, have you got a price on him being the next Rangers manager? Have you got any inquiries on that? Front? Same price as we thought Trump to win last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think after Brexit and Donald Trump, all bets are off really. Anything's possible. Certainly Scottish football, anything's possible. I mean, Kenny, those those clubs that uh, Stephen has just listed, I mean, you know, they're, they're not exactly minor clubs as such. You know, for a guy who has not delivered for months or produced any kind of form for months, I mean, is this purely on his reputation, on his CV? I think managers down south at the club Stephen has mentioned will look back on his form last season, how well he played in a team that won the championship, and think, well, you know, he's only six months older, albeit he hasn't done pre-season. You know, maybe he can come in. If we're toiling a bit in the middle of the championship, could he give us the spur we need to get into the playoff places? You know, you know what managers are like. You know, they always, they always, the glass is always half full. They always think, and particularly when it's someone... They can, can be the one to turn them around. When, and they all, so particularly someone with the baggage that Barton has, they always think, I can change them. And probably in much the same way that Mark Warburton did. Whether or not the, the club's concerned are able to do that, I really don't know. Stephen correctly pointed out there was our chief football writer Robert Grieve who was spot on with the story broke the story first on Sunsport Online yesterday afternoon and 
you know, revealed the likely payoff figure of about £250,000. A small fraction of probably ultimately what would be due for the duration of what was left of his contract, but is that figure, Kenny, that will still kind of stick in the craw for a lot of Rangers fans? Oh, absolutely. Particularly when uh, Rangers are finding it difficult to find money to, to bolster a squad. But at the end of the day, Rangers gave him the contract. As you say, he could have sat tight and got the whole two years worth of money. So I think Rangers have actually got off light in this. Uh-huh. They're paying him two months' salary to get him off the books when they could easily have been forced to sit with a player to the end of the season, till next season, you know. Uh-huh. They've had to bite the bullet, but that's the way the cookie crumbled. To you and I, it's clearly still a, a, an enormous figure, you know, the man in the streets, enormous amount of money, but as you say, the bean counters at Ibrox will probably be breathing a sigh of relief here. Mm, absolutely, yeah, because... The alternative was him sitting there, creating an issue, questions continually being asked to the manager. You know, the manager even perhaps been under pressure if things continually go poorly as they have done over the last few weeks for Rangers, to be asked to put him back into the team. You know, so they've had to pay him off. They've got off lightly. Kenny is always grateful for your excellent analysis. Stephen from William Hill, thank you for your odds. Thanks, cheers. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.